Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 39 of the Craft to Career podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Chapel, and this week I invited someone who is a friend of mine whose quilty business has been really fun to watch grow and take off. Her name is Emily Tyndall of Homemade Emily Jane, and it's just been so fun to watch her business grow. So we don't even really discuss this on the podcast, but Emily used to do my Pinterest for me. She managed that for me. And selfishly, I was really sad when she said, I am not going to do this anymore. I need to grow my own business. However, as a business coach, I can totally respect her need to narrow down and focus on her business and her niche. And it's really been paying off. She's been growing and she is here today to talk about her business and specific ways that she has really tailored her business to grow and to share a little bit about what she hopes her business will look like in the future. So I'm excited to introduce you to Emily of Homemade Emily Jane. Before we do that, I am going to read a review, and this comes from the website in reference to episode 13, where I do a business coaching call with Erin. And this comes from Deborah Rivera. She says, thank you, Elizabeth and Erin, for a really useful and inspirational episode. I have dreams of a quilty business someday, and I really enjoyed listening into and learning from this terrific coaching. So again, that's episode 13 if you want to go and listen to that business coaching call. And Deborah, thank you for that review. I hope that your quilty business happens, that you're able to take off and fulfill that dream of yours. And if this podcast helps in some small way, that just makes me happy. So with that said, let's dive in and let me introduce you to Emily. Emily, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. I'm excited to have you. Yes, of course, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's fun. We met, what, in 2020, right, at QuiltCon? Yes, like weeks before everything went crazy. I'm still so glad that we got to go and, like, have that before everything shut down, you know? Yeah, it's like that last big trip. Mm-hmm, yep. And, oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, that was, it's a weird time, but, um... Yeah. So for our listeners, can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yes. So I'm Emily from Homemade Emily Jane. I am a quilter and quilt pattern designer, and I teach people how to quilt online. Awesome. Which I'm excited to dive more into that. So I'm curious, first of all, how you decided to start a quilty business. So that's kind of a funny story. I did not start off as a business. I started with just an Instagram account um, in 2014. It was while I was in college and I had just learned how to quilt and realized that there was like a really cool community of people on Instagram that were sharing their creative work. So I started sharing my projects on Instagram and it led to me building a brand Um, kind of unintentionally. And um, it was just that a hobby, a place to share. And then a couple years later, um, in 2017, I went to my first ever quilt con with my mom. 
And that's where the thought first occurred to me, like this could actually become a business. Some of these people here are doing this as their full-time job. And that was really cool. Um, Kind of realizing that that could be me too and seeing it in action from other people. Um, But of course I am, I'm pretty slow moving and didn't actually start treating it like a business until about two years later. Okay. And when, well, first of all, I am shocked how many people, myself included, these shows play a pivotal role in like getting interested in quilting, realizing how big it is, that there's a business opportunity there. So those, you know, mine was Quilt Market, yours is Quilt Con, but how important those live events are. And then when you did decide like, okay, I'm going to start a business here, what did you first think? Was it quilt patterns or what was your idea of getting into this industry? Um, I started off with more of like affiliates and brand partnership because I had already built a brand teaching people to sharing projects and tutorials is very easy for me to then transition to including some affiliate links or reaching out to brands like sewing machine companies, fabric companies, and partnering with them and having that be the way that I made money versus actually selling anything to anybody, um, having no actual products of my own. Okay, interesting. And then how did it morph over time? I mean, it will continue. Every business changes, but how has that evolved over time? Yeah, it's changed a ton. Um, and it's it's never what I plan or expect. <laughs> Things just happen. Um, so I started off um, getting into affiliate programs and brand partnerships. And then in 2019, I created my first pattern as a free pattern to grow my email list still not thinking that I would be the person to sell patterns. And then in 2020, I sold my first pattern. Um, And then I also started my YouTube channel and really fell in love with educating people through video. And now in 2021, I'm also selling fabric to make quilt kits, which is a lot of fun and not at all something that I expected. (laughs) So who knows what 2022 Uh (laughs) Yes, things always change and evolve with the business. It's crazy. And as much as I think like, I'm good, this is it forever, it changes. It always changes. Especially like creative. Yeah. Like as a creative, it's changing, I think, even more because it's like all of these little like wild whims that are like, let me try this and see if it works. And then it, surprise, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm always like with creatives, with these entrepreneurs that we are with, the ideas just come. It's really trying to focus and weed out, you know, mm-hmm. shut off the noise and focus on the one idea. So have you noticed that as your audience has grown on YouTube and Instagram, Pinterest, well, where are you? Where are all the different places that you are? All of the above. Um, Instagram and YouTube are probably my big ones. And then I do share on Pinterest and then, of course, on my own website. Um, So I use those three channels to direct traffic back to my website, which is kind of the hub of everything Homemade Emily Jane. Yeah. And then your email list. Do you focus on any one of those like growing? That's your main focus of where you want to grow more than the other? It changes from month to month, but it is impossible to focus on all simultaneously. Um, So Mm -hmm. in certain months, I've focused a lot more on Pinterest. um, And I've gotten that to a point where I learned what I needed to learn. 
I set it up so it can be automated. And now it's a little bit more hands-free. It's always going to require some work, but not to the extent that some other platforms do. Um, Right now, I've been really working on growing my YouTube channel uh, because that's also one of my revenue streams, as well as a way to connect with my audience and share and educate. Um, YouTube has ads. (laughs) And so that's where I'm focusing a lot of attention right now. So how do you get money from a YouTube ad? It's a very good question. So um, it takes some time and it takes a lot of work. But when you start a YouTube account, um, you can start posting your videos and then you use your other platforms and your email list to promote your videos. Um, And you can also promote them within YouTube through search engine stuff, like making sure that you are using their correct keywords. Eventually, you'll get to a point where you have a lot of views. And when you hit certain thresholds within YouTube, then you're allowed to apply for monetization. And then they start putting ads on your videos. And you choose where the ads go in your video, whether you want them at the beginning or at the end or where in the middle, or if you just want a banner ad. Um, But YouTube chooses which ads to show to different people based on what they might want. So I get a ton of ads for like small business things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but someone else might not get those ads. Um, and then YouTube pays you based on the ads that get seen. Hmm. Um, and it, there are like certain minimums and thresholds that you have to meet, but they pay through Google AdSense. Is it like a significant amount or is it like, oh, I just earned a few pennies here and there? So per ad, it's like less than a penny, but they add up. So as you continue growing and as your videos um, get more views, especially if they're searchable videos, then it can become actual revenue. Um, I'm at the point right now where I really hope that that continues to grow because for the time invested in making the video, I'm not making much. Okay. But those videos stay up for a long time. Yeah. So I have videos... It's actually embarrassing how bad my first videos are because those are some of the get the most views. Like, You're I like, really wish no. people would stop watching. Yeah. But those are the ones that people are watching because they're searching for that type of content, that topic. Um, and so work that I did a year and a half ago is making me money now, which is always really fun. Well, and like when you compare that to Instagram where you make a video and it's gone within a week, if I'm being generous, you know, this is beautiful sounding to any business owner, like, oh, wow, you do the work and a year and a half later, it's still Mm -hmm. helping you grow, you know, it's like truly passive. Yeah, that's, I love that. Do you have um, like links in your YouTube videos where it grows your email list, like get the PDF download by clicking the link below or something like that? That would be a really great idea. (laughs) I really only have one like freebie that I offer to grow my email list. It's on my list of things to do more of those. Um, And of course I do include that. Like when you write a, when you make a YouTube description, you can have part of it automated, like the same part on every video. So I have that as part of like, it'll show up at the bottom of every video description. Um, which definitely helps. But a lot of my email list growing would be people would have to watch my YouTube video and then go to my website and then see the little sidebar banner, which is too many steps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and I, I am always preaching every blog post, everything should have a free PDF to grow your email list. And I've gone back and looked at my blog posts. I'm like, uh, sister, you need to practice what you're preaching because I, <laughs> it's a great idea, but to implement it, you know, mm-hmm. anyways, we can all yeah do that a little more. Um, so have you noticed that as your audience has grown in these different areas that your sales have grown as well? Absolutely. More so from areas other than Instagram. Mm -hmm. So Instagram is probably the one anomaly where it's like your audience can keep growing and growing and growing, but your sales from Instagram might not grow Yep, because it, it doesn't show your post to everybody. I know you're always preaching when you send an email, everybody gets the email, but when you post on Instagram, not everyone knows Mm -hmm. that you posted. Um, People that follow you might never see your work. Um, But on the other like types of stuff, I think it works a little bit better where like as you grow on YouTube, it tells YouTube to show your video to more people. Um, so I think in that way, it really helps. Okay. That's, it's so interesting. And I've seen it myself when I post something on Instagram, so like the Sashiko, I say this wrong every time, Sashiko, the sewing machine by Baby Lock. Every time I post it, there's at least five people who are like, I've never seen this before. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I've posted about this so many times, but it's because only a small percentage of people see those posts. And I see more and more business owners just getting kind of sick of Instagram a little bit. You know, I mean, it's definitely a piece of the puzzle, but you do not want to base your business on that. I feel like and that's what it sounds like you're saying too. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Instagram is great for so many reasons, um, but it's not where you want your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you could pinpoint a moment where you realized, wow, this has really helped me grow my audience or my sales, when would you say that that would be? Um, In terms of growing audience, as I just talk crap about Instagram, I will say (laughs) Instagram reels will grow your audience so fast if you do reels that provide value to people. Um, So what I like to do, it's literally not not a lot of work, but I'm posting YouTube videos anyway. So I re-edit my YouTube video, crop out 90% of the video and um, rotate it so it can be Instagram friendly for a reel. And then just like do a voiceover or music to it and do like the quick version of whatever is on YouTube and turn that into a reel. And that has proven to be really, really beneficial for growing that audience. That is so smart. And it's just... You're playing the long-term game, which is so smart because you are slowly building this audience on YouTube that trusts you. They know you as a teacher of quilting that at some point, if you want to sell a major flagship course or whatever, you have this audience who they know you, you know, and it's really hard to put a product out there when you're a stranger and people don't have that relationship with you. So you are doing the smart move here. Do you have plans? Uh, well, do you want to share your vision with us or is it something that's more just simmering? Yes. So I will say you mentioned I'll have the audience to do a course, but I'll also have the skill set to make videos, which is hard. Yep. Like if you've never made a video before, it's going to stink at first and that's okay. You get better with the more that you do it. Um, and I think that that is just as valuable as having the audience there as well. Um, like just knowing that I could make a video course 
on my own and not have to outsource that um, like video production, which is not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in terms of like my vision, I would love to do a course, but I also just feel very overwhelmed most days with all of the things, you mm-hmm. know, Pinterest yep. and Instagram, YouTube, and growing my email list and all of it. Um, oh, and creating products. <laughs> like that's just the marketing <laughs> side of everything. Um, so someday maybe, mm-hmm. but I don't know the top and I definitely don't have the bandwidth at this point in time. I also have a full-time job. Oh my, <laughs> so okay. It, it, I definitely have to be strategic with where I spend my time and uh, energy. I mean, honestly, if you were to do a course on how to make videos and how to show what you're sewing and stuff, boom, there is an idea for you because I would sign up for that. As you're saying, you have that skill set. I'm like, hmm, that would be really helpful. Yes. Let me write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, do. I will remind you happily of that idea over and over. Like, hey, when's that course going to be ready? I need it. Because I do. Like, I would love to see how you record what you're sewing. I mean, you should see the ridiculousness when I'm trying to record my hands or whatever. I'm like, how? How do people do this? So anyhow, there's an idea for you. So you mentioned that your first pattern was a free pattern to grow your email list, but now you sell patterns. Which of your patterns has been your most successful and, and why do you think it has been your most successful? That's a really good question. Um, my most popular pattern has been Paradigm, which um, is a big block quill. It's a single one block makes the whole quilt and it has three sizes. Um, so it can be like very big and bold and very fast to make, um, which I think is popular. But I think in terms of marketing, the reason that it's been so popular is because it's genuinely my favorite to make. I made four versions before releasing the pattern that I used to promote the pattern, um, which is kind of a lot. Like I made four quilts just to promote this one pattern. But it's just so fun to make and it's so fast um, that it's like something I naturally want to share about. And I've made a few since then as well. Um, So it's a lot of fun. And also, I'll use this opportunity as a little plug um, that I'll be hosting a Paradigm Quilt Sew Along starting in a few weeks. So I'd love to invite your listeners to join in if they want to quilt with me or even just sign up for the sew along to kind of watch how I host it and see the different platforms that I use as well. Kind of just um, peek over my shoulder and see how I host the sew along. Which is so smart. Like the best way to grow a business is to sign up for, join, do the things that other people are doing and see what you like, what's working well, how do they do this? So that, you know, I mean, not to copy, but to learn what, what is a system or a process that I could use as well. Uh, I love that you, it was one that you loved. Like my bestsellers, once you said that they're my favorites as well. And so that's very interesting. There's got to be something to that, you know? Is So is it pretty easy to put together? Like, yes. Um, the Paradigm Quilt is one giant economy quilt block, and then it has, um, I think, 16 or maybe 32 flying geese, mm-hmm. um, 16 flying geese, and then some squares, and that's yeah. it. So it's very simple. 
And it's a great skill builder too. So for people that don't don't know about quilting, um, there are lots of different types of quilt blocks and people that are new to quilting might want to learn different blocks. So they get to learn two blocks with one easy pattern. Um, and I, I teach both of those, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, I just find it interesting because, well, and not to make it about me, but I'm noticing similarities. My bestseller is Better Together, which is literally half square triangles. No one needs a pattern. You could look at that and wing it, but it's my bestseller. And I've heard the conversation on Instagram here and there, like, oh, these patterns that are coming out are too simple. They're too basic. We need this. We need that. I just disagree. Like the market has spoken. The buyers are the ones who get to decide what they want and they like, and then my Band-Aid one is the next bestseller. They're so simple that I'm just like, and some people's bestsellers might be really complicated. I can't speak to that, but I can speak to what my bestsellers are and they're very simple. So I'm not promoting, you need to make really simple patterns, but just what you love, you know, the things that you really love. Don't worry about if it's simple or complicated, just create what you're passionate about and the rest will all fit, you know, make sense and be successful. So. Absolutely. So, okay. I kind of asked this before, but I'll ask (laughs) a little more direct. Where do you see homemade Emily Jane in five years from now? And do you see yourself still having a a job, you know, on the side, or do you see this being the full-time thing? So I will say I hope to not have a day job, Um, but I do hope to have a kid or two by then. So I think I'll be equally as busy. (laughs) Um, As far as like what the business looks like, um, I can try to create goals and a plan for that. But if the past two years have taught me anything, it's that none of what I plan will happen. (laughs) Um, For instance, my goal for 2021 or my plan for 2021 was just to release a bunch of quilt patterns just to make as many as I can and make that my goal. And then like very quickly I pivoted into making YouTube more because I made my goal of quilt patterns because I thought that that's what would make me a quote unquote real pattern designer, like having a shop full of patterns. Um, But then I realized through doing that I enjoy teaching more Um, as much as I do love designing writing a pattern is really hard for me, especially mm-hmm. like all of the math that it formats correctly. Um, and it's something I'll still do. Um, I do enjoy doing it, but not as much as I love the other things. So as I grow and as um, my skill sets grow and change, I have no idea what that could look like in five years. Um, but I am really excited to see where it takes me. Okay, this excites me. This is where I get so energized hearing other people discover what they love and making a goal. I love that you made a goal and why you thought, you know, I need to do this. This is what will make me be a successful pattern writer is by having all these patterns. But yay for you for realizing what you love and what excites you. Oh my gosh, I just get so, I'm so proud of you and so excited for you. And you for sure need to offer a course. I'm just going to throw that out there. We're not doing a business coaching call here, but yes, that has got to be in the cards (laughs) for you. So what is one thing about business success that you would share with someone who's a beginning entrepreneur? Start somewhere. Just start where you're at. Um, It doesn't have to be good. It probably won't be good the first time you try something, and that's okay. Start as a beginner. 
um, you'll get better by doing. And it's terrifying to be in that place. But just do it. Um, and make a plan and then pivot. Like as we just discussed, um, you don't have to stick with your plans just because you made your plans. Um, reflect on why you made them and reflect on what you want to be doing. Um, and, and be patient with it. Expect it to take a while um, to grow the audience, to grow your skill set. You're not going to wake up overnight and, and uh, be great at something or have this huge audience. Uh, I know I sure didn't, and I still feel like I'm still learning and growing, and that's totally okay. Awesome. And I'm curious, when is the last time in your business where you felt kind of vulnerable or scared because you're wanting to do something new? I decided to launch uh, quilt kits in my shop, so I sell fabric now, and it's terrifying because it's a lot more investment than just a quilt pattern, and also I honestly don't have space in my house to store inventory. (laughs) Um, I'm a home-based business and we don't have space to store a lot of fabric. Um, But I decided just to try it out with uh, the pattern I released a couple months ago, which was my Stratus pattern. And they sold out. uh, So I, they they sold out during pre-sale and then I reordered it. And I was like, this is so great that this community wants to support me in this. So for this next pattern that I released um, in December, I did two different quilt kits and I'm getting ready to do a couple more. So I plan on keeping that small for now until space allows. Um, But it was terrifying getting started with that and trying to figure out like how to open up wholesale accounts with fabric companies or figure out shipping for uh, I only ship to the U.S. because I'm scared to ship internationally, <laughs> um, but it's so scary at first when you haven't tried it, but sometimes things pan out like this did, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yay, good for you, and I just have to speak to to that ability, I don't know what you call it, scrappiness or not knowing how to do something, but like just figuring it out, you know, and how do you open a wholesale account? It, it, it's possible to figure it out. And, you know, even if it means calling the company and feeling like a fool and being like, hi there, I would love to order fabric, you know, whatever it takes just to get it done. So I love hearing that. Or even in the earlier stages, like you don't know if you want to open a wholesale account because you don't know how much fabric's going to cost and if it's even feasible and doing all of the research. Um, but it's so worth it to just put yourself out there and do it scared. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bravo. Well done. All right. I've got a few rapid fire questions to wrap things up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. What fabric line did you first fall in love with? It was definitely Bonnie and Camille. I want to say scrumptious. Mm -hmm. So some like bright colored floral, very fun. Um, And it was around when I was in college. I love it. Very good. Okay, are you more of a sweet or a salty food fan? Definitely sweet. If it's gluten-free and sugar-filled, I'm all over it. What's one thing people don't generally know about you? I have had arthritis since I was 12. Really? Okay, I have questions about that. Mm-hmm. Another, I'll, <laughs> we'll talk privately afterwards. Okay, if you could fly or be invisible, which would you choose and why? Definitely flight. Um because then I could be places faster. Um, 
I think teleportation would be a better option. So if I could like elevate that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I've thought about flying. What if I ran into a bird or something? I've thought about this. I've really gone down that path. (laughs) Okay. Last one. What part of owning a business is your favorite? Being able to make money doing what I love to do and being in control over my time and schedule and having the autonomy to do what I want to do. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being here. And our listeners, if they want to find you, where can they find you? Um, Definitely check out my website, homemademilyjane.com. And then I'm Homemade Emily Jane on Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube, of course. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so fun to pick your brain and hear your story. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Emily, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I absolutely loved chatting with you. And I, again, I'm just so proud of the business that you have grown and that you will continue to grow. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the Craft Career Show. And be sure to join me next Friday when I have a new episode coming out called What to Say So Customers Want to Buy from You. I'll see you next week.